Let's stand up and praise him. There's few that we hear. Let's give God glory. With two or more gathered, there he is in our midst. So let's praise him. fails, will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Oh yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I will for all my days. Oh, yes, I will count on one thing. The same God who's never lives will not fail me now. You won't fail me now and in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Oh, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will for joy when my heart is heavy all my days oh yes I will for all my days yes I will for all my days yes I will because I choose to pray to glorify glorify the name of all names Nothing can stand against, and I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. And nothing can stand against, oh yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Yes, I will for all my days. Yes, I will for all my days. Yes, I will. And I choose to praise. To glorify, glorify the name of all names. Nothing can stand against. I choose to praise. To glorify, glorify the name of all names. Nothing can stand against. Father, yes, I will lift you high. In the lowest valley, yes, I will bless your name. 
Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Yes, I will for all my days. Yes, I will. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of sin, Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar the father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of jesus christ oh come to the altar the father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. No oh, what a Savior Jesus is for Sing hallelujah Christ is risen Bow down before Him, for He is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. No one Savior, isn't He one? Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. Oh, bow down before Him, for He is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. 
come to the altar the father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ oh what a Savior isn't he wonderful sing hallelujah Christ is risen Bow down before Him For He is Lord of all Sing hallelujah Christ is risen Father, You're wonderful Father, You're wonderful You're beautiful We worship you tonight, Father, right where we're at, laying all down, whatever you want. It's all yours. We give it to you, Father. Sacrifice of praise and worship we give to you. We welcome your presence in this place. We invite it in. We invite the King in. We invite your presence to be in this place. one word you speak is everything you say is life to me and I don't want to miss one word you speak quiet my heart I'm listening and I don't want to miss one word you speak is everything you say is life to me and I don't want to miss one word you speak and quiet my heart I'm listening when you speak confusion fades just a word Suddenly I'm not afraid Cause you speak And freedom reigns There is hope And every single word you say and I don't want to miss one word you speak Everything you say is life to me Oh, I don't want to miss one word you speak Quiet my heart, I'm listening When sorrows roll And for troubles rage You whisper peace I don't have the words to say I 
won't lose hope when storms won't break. You keep your word. Promises will keep me safe. I don't want to miss one word you speak. Cause everything you say is life to me. And I don't want to miss one word you speak. Quiet my heart, I'm listening. Your ways are higher You know just what I need I trust you, Jesus You see what I cannot see Your ways are higher You know just what I need I trust you, Jesus You see what I cannot see Your ways are higher know just what I need. I trust you, Jesus. You see what I cannot see. Oh, and I don't want to miss one word you speak. Everything you say is life to me. And I don't want to miss one word you speak. Quiet my heart, I'm listening. Quiet my heart, listening. Quiet my heart, I'm listening. I don't want to miss one word you speak Cause everything you say is like to me And I don't want to miss one word you speak Quiet my heart, I'm listening Quiet my heart, I'm listening Right now, right where you're standing, you just listen for his voice. Right where you're standing. Put all the other noise and, and, and junk aside and just listen. We worship and we praise him. We glorify his holy name. But as the song says, I don't want to miss one word he speaks. The busyness of life sometimes gets us moving so fast and so going so much that we forget to sit and just listen.
He might have that answer that you've been looking for. He might have that answer that you've been praying for. But if you never stop, you never stop and just listen. You never hear it. He shouldn't have to scream at you to get your attention. Letting go 
to give you everything, everything and nothing else. My best, my all. You deserve my every breath, my life. My soul, everything and nothing less. My best, my all. You deserve my every breath, my life, my soul. Surrender, I surrender all. Oh, I surrender, I surrender all. I surrender, I. Surrender all I surrender I surrender all Everything and nothing less I give you everything Nothing less forever, everything and nothing less. My life is yours, completely yours. For oh, everything and nothing less, I give you everything and nothing less. Nothing less My life is yours Oh, completely yours Oh, yeah. It's all yours Completely yours So I surrender I Surrender all And I surrender I surrender all And I surrender I surrender all Everything and nothing less My best I give you my all You deserve my every breath My life My soul
My best and my all. 
deserve my every breath my life and my soul everything and nothing less my best my own you deserve my every breath my life my own die surrender die surrender all die surrender I surrender all you know it's just thinking that in the world when you hear I surrender It's from the viewpoint of loss. You follow what I'm saying? Like in a war, if you surrender, you lost. If you're in a game and you surrender, you've lost. That's the world's viewpoint. But heaven's viewpoint is when we say, I surrender, we win. I never thought of that. As we were singing that song, like, how can you lose when you surrender to Christ, when you surrender to the Spirit of God? We don't lose, we win. And yet, what is the one thing that so many people who go to church struggle with, and that's surrendering, it's letting go. It's, it's like, if I let go, I'm going to lose something. No, you're going to gain something. You're going to lose if you hold on to it. And that's what Jesus said. He said, if you, if you, if you desire the things of this world, hang on to them. You're going to lose everything. But if you'll let go for my namesake, you'll, you'll lose it for my namesake. You'll gain everything. And so when we say, Lord, nothing less, I surrender all. That's like no holding back. I'm not, I'm not going to surrender 80% or 90% or, you know, I had somebody ask me that one time years ago. I was a youth pastor. He said, I don't know if I can do this 100%. Can I just do like 50%? No, you can't surrender 50% because that means 50% of you still trying to get away. You know, it reminded me of the old Dennis the Menace cartoon where he was getting punished and he was sitting in the corner. He said, I may be sitting on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside, you know. And you can't surrender part way to God. You can't, you can't, like, you can have 70%. No, it's 100% or nothing. But we don't lose when we surrender. We gain more than we could ever imagine. Father, we just praise you tonight that we can come with our hands raised and our hearts lifted up and our voices just saying, God, we surrender to you. Holy Spirit, we surrender to you. It's 
not because you're forcing us to do it. We, we choose to surrender. And we know that God, as we do, that Father, that your purpose and your plan is being brought forth in our lives. And that's a win-win situation, Lord, for us. Because you're working all things together for our good according to your purpose in your kingdom. And so, Father, we just pray tonight that very thing that, God, as we surrender on a daily basis, we surrender to you. God, help us to realize that you're working things beyond anything we can see or even imagine at this point right now. And so we... We come together tonight and we pray, Holy Spirit, open our hearts and minds and understanding to what you want to say and what you want to do in Jesus' name. I wonder if there's anyone, before we go on, I just wonder if there's anyone here that you need prayer. You need someone to join with you in prayer about anything. We want to pray with you tonight. Anyone? Brother James? For you, your health? Right. A friend? Okay. Anyone else? Zach? Okay. Alright, why don't, why don't a couple of you go lay hands on James? Would you gonna pray? God touch him. And then we're gonna pray for these other two requests Father in the name of Jesus we come boldly to your throne and we thank you Father that you said you hear us and that Father you move when we ask and we come in your name Father we pray right now that you would just touch James's body Father every abnormality everything that's not operating properly that 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 uh, God he needs healing from do it right now in the name of Jesus let, let your word that says by your stripes we are healed we appropriate that now we receive it now for his body Father I lift up Alexis to you tonight God that you continue pour healing into her body and restore her health down in New Orleans, Lord, right now. Father, these other two requests for Zach and for this friend, Lord God, we lift them before you, God. You know the situation. You know the circumstance. You know the need. So move. Father, let angelic encounters take place if necessary. Divine intervention take place. God, your word would go forth and your purpose and plan would be brought forth in their lives for the glory of your namesake, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, anybody have a testimony or praise report or something you want to give God thanks for? Anybody? <laughs> Crispy Kringle.
Right. Right. Praise God for open doors. Wow. Pretty cool.
surely heal my daughter's brain. Amen. I didn't even know you could get brain damage from not, from not you know, nutrition. And so her, her daughter's been in and out of hospitals the last couple of years. I wish I knew what the daughter's name, but her name is Pam. So, and she's taking care of her mother who has Alzheimer's. But I'm so excited about my friend Sharon. That's great. She was so encouraged to meet this lady. And I feel like she'll bring them some, you know, just some. Had to go to a, a cruise in the middle of nowhere to meet somebody from your hometown. 5,000 people on this ship. Right. We only met this couple. Like, we, you know, we talked to people here and there, but this was just such a God encounter. That's pretty cool. It was great. So we have new friends. Yeah. And also my friend has a support team in her town. Right. Wow. So I was like, this is so God. Yeah, that's so cool. That is cool. It really is. Amen. Well, last week we started looking at the identity of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do a, just a real quick uh, review of that and, um, uh, and then pick up where I left off. Um, I, I mentioned that uh, when it comes to the church of Jesus Christ today, um, there's uh, and its purpose on earth. I had lunch with a pastor today, and he just said, he was just sharing some things and, with me and saying, the church today, like in America as a whole, is so lost because they think it's all about themselves. It's about them. And they've, they've lost their sight of why God put the church on earth. And that we're here for the world, to reach the world, to take the message out. And so when it comes to the church of Jesus Christ and its purpose here on earth and everything, there's one issue that I said is often obscured and that the church hasn't understood, and that is the identity of the Holy Spirit. Um, how do we recognize the Holy Spirit? How do we know what the Holy Spirit is like? How do we distinguish between the Holy Spirit and other spirits, because there are other spirits at work in the world. And in fact, he and I were talking about this. Um, he deals with a lot of people with deliverance ministry and stuff like that or needing deliverance. And, and, um, but we talked about it that, you know, there's God, the Holy Spirit. Then there's uh, Satan and his evil spirits. But then there's the human spirit. And oftentimes what we want to blame on the devil is really just the human spirit in people that's lost. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a spirit that's being driven by emotion, being driven by self, you know, all those kinds of things. So, um, uh, and, and, but there can be, uh, and I mentioned that there can be a counterfeit spirit, you know, counterfeits. And that Satan is really good at doing counterfeits. because, And here's the thing about counterfeits. That means there has to be real. You can't counterfeit a counterfeit. I mean, you counterfeit that which is real. So the Holy Spirit is real. So he wants to counterfeit that. And he counterfeits it in a lot of different ways. So I said, we started last week. There was three ways to identify the Holy Spirit. The first one was that the Holy Spirit is God. And that he is sent to lead teach, guide, and direct. And, um, and that truth helps us discern between the genuine Holy Spirit and anything that's counterfeit. Okay? And, um, 
uh, and I, meant, I made these two statements. I'm going to put them up there. If anyone has a spirit that they can use, then it's not the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is God and you cannot use God. Uh, that's impossible. And, and um, then I mentioned this. We went through a series of things, and that teaching's online from last week. But I said there is a difference between the Holy Spirit himself as a person and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about that because we said that the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. And so God gives gifts, and he, he authorizes those gifts, and he stands by them. And it's up to the individual whether we accept it, whether we receive it, whether we reject it, or whether we abuse it. And, um, and he doesn't take it away from us. And you think he would take it away. But if it's a gift, you can't take a gift back. And I may mention that if it, was, if, if, if it wasn't a gift, then it's a conditional loan that God gives us. And it doesn't say God loans us gifts. It says he gives us gifts. So I said, um, so our safeguard in that is to recognize the Holy Spirit as a person and distinguish between him and gifts. Just because we see something take place doesn't necessarily mean that the Holy Spirit is operating behind that. And um, we talked about that because there can be counterfeits and there can be those who have strayed from God and they're using their personality, their charisma, whatever, to manipulate things. And I'm not going to go back through all of that. You can see that online. The second thing that we said last week was that the Holy Spirit is the servant of God the Father and God the Son. And I only say God the Father and Son to distinguish that because there's n there is not, we have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, to say God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is teaching something contrary to, technically teaching something contrary to what we believe. But I want us to see that the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit is, is the servant. And I know that sounds strange, but I made this comment that he is the administrator of the, over the church. Jesus said, if I don't go away, he can't come. And his purpose for coming, we just read, was to lead and guide and direct and to teach. So that, what is that? That is the administration of the church. So he's serving the Father and serving the Son in what he's doing, and yet he's equal to them. And we have to, we have to see that. It doesn't demean him by saying that he serves uh, at the behest of the Father, He's carrying out the will of the Father, but he is equal to the Father, and he's equal to the Son. Uh, we have to recognize the characteristics of Holy Spirit, which direct his activities and the things that he does. See, once we get to know him, then we understand what he does and how he works, and then we can discern whether or not you know, we just did six weeks on dis exercising discernment. Well, when we 
we learn the person of the Holy Spirit and, and how he is and what he does and how he behaves and, and what he's doing, then we recognize whether this is a work of God or this is a work of something else, okay? So that gets us to this part, the third point that I wanted to make, and, and that is this tonight. The Holy Spirit is what is indicated in his name. He is holy. That is the primary title of his name, the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been trying in the last couple of years in my own vocabulary, speaking of Holy Spirit as a person, because I don't walk up to you and go, the Marty Flowers, <laughs> you know. I don't walk up to you and say, the James Reed. I say, James, right? And so his name is Holy Spirit, but we refer to him as the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, we oftentimes almost uh, categorize him as an it or a thing. And so um, the thing is, in Hebrew, it, um, Holy Spirit is translated really the spirit of holiness, and he has many other titles and other names. For example, the spirit of grace, the spirit of truth, the spirit of power. And man, we could make a list a mile long. And all those relate to him, but he, his primary title name is the Holy Spirit. And the key is that anything that is unholy does not proceed from the Holy Spirit. And uh, the, the, the issue here is that holiness, and Brother Jason nailed it, I mean, day after day after day that he was preaching, he kept talking about holiness, 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 holiness. And um, uh, is that the church today doesn't understand God's idea, or not idea, but God's standard of holiness or what holiness is. We have cheapened it or we have watered it down to where um, I can still, we will say, you know, I can still do this and still serve a holy God. And that's compromise. And so anything that is unholy does not come or proceed from the Holy Spirit. There's another interesting part or aspect of that, and that is that the Bible speaks of the beauty of holiness. Now, when we hear holiness, a lot of people immediately think negative. They think the negative about God. They think holiness. You know, um, uh, Jason made that con comment. He said, I'm not talking about your, your dress length or your shirt length or the haircut or what. You know, you weren't talking about any of that. You weren't talking about the outside um, because that's what they think holiness is, you know. Um, but the Bible says in the beauty of holiness, the beauty of holiness and I don't think that we ever stop to think about that too much. There is a beauty in holiness that proceeds 
from God. When we see something so holy, it's just there's a beauty that exudes from it that is beyond comprehension or, and even beyond expression. You know, I mean, there are just times that in his presence that I'm, I'm at a loss for words to explain what I'm feeling or sensing or, you know, seeing, if I could say seeing, in my spirit by his presence. And the beauty of holiness is, again, not necessarily external, but internal. First Peter chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. He writes, he says, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing of gold, or putting on a fine apparel. Um, and, you know, and, and I know old-time holiness, they would tell you, you know, that's why, you know, you shouldn't be wearing jewelry, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing... Well, if, if one's wrong, they're all wrong, and wearing apparel is not wrong. <laughs> you know, okay? Wearing clothes is not wrong. And so I'm saying he's not talking about that's not the issue. That's not the point. He's saying that beauty is not in the arrangement of what we do on the outside. But he goes, he says, rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Peter's talking about the hidden person of the heart, the internal who we are inside. He speaks of the adornment of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. And, and that doesn't mean that if you're loud or boisterous that you don't have a gentle and quiet spirit, that he's not talking about outward expression. You know, sometimes we look at somebody that's very meek and timid and quiet and loves the Lord, and they say, oh, they, they have a, they're holy. They're, they're, they're very, they're, they're, you know, they're, they, they've arrived. It's just their personality and expression. You can be loud and boisterous and, and, and have a meek and quiet spirit. Um, uh, I, want, I want to say this about holiness. I'm going to make a couple of simple statements tonight. I'm not going to talk very long about this. But I want to go back to the statement I made a minute ago and put it up again. Anything that is unholy does not come from Holy Spirit. And, and the reason I say that is because over the last 15, 20 years, there have been things that have been creeping into churches. And when I say churches, not mainline churches, because they're dead already, most of them. I'm talking about into Pentecostal, whole, full gospel, charismatic churches. A lot of foolish stuff has crept into the church, supposedly under the guise of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And, but anything that is unholy, or I even use the word ugly, but not ugly in the sense of outwardly ugly. There's, there's an inward ugliness that's, that's you know, evil, that's, that's not right, okay? And, and so I sat down 
a couple of weeks ago when I was thinking about ending the thing on discernment, talking about the identity of the Holy Spirit. If we're going to identify them, I said there's two ways to do that. We make a list of the positive things, but I said it's easier sometimes to identify the things that are never who he is. Does that make sense? And so that's what I did. Now, I'm not saying this list is complete, but I'm going to give you 12 adjectives that are not attributable to the Holy Spirit. I see my, my lines got messed up a little bit. I was trying to get them straight across. But anyway, um, and, and they cannot be applied to the Holy Spirit or to anything that is a product or byproduct of the Holy Spirit, okay? So let's just take a minute and go through these, starting on the left side. Self-exalting. That's, that's a giveaway right there. You know, um, I've seen it so many times over my years. I've been in it long enough that I've been in meetings where the presence of God is as thick as pea soup, you know? I mean, it's heavy. And then somebody can grab a microphone and it will lift because immediately pride begins to exude. They're self-exalting, lifting themselves up. I want to tell you about something, what happened in my last meeting, and they start bragging on themselves, promoting themselves, that kind of thing. And immediately, Spirit of God goes. Look, what is the symbol of the Spirit of God? I mean, there's several of them in the, whole, in, in the Bible, but what was the one that Jesus said? He's, he's, he's like a dove. He came like a dove. He's like the wind. He's, and and I've, I've just seen that too many times. Self-exaltation will cause the Spirit of God to run, just flee. Uh, he'll just lift and go. And um, so these are things that are not attributable to the Holy Spirit, okay? The second one is self-assertive. Um, pushing of self's agenda, self, uh, um, well, really an agenda or, a, you know, being assertive about themselves over everybody else. The Bible says if you want to be great in the kingdom, learn to be a servant unto others and not being self-assertive, okay? Um, the, the third one there is degrading, and, and, and there's a lot of words that go with that, but if I was to pick a different word, it would be humiliating. The, the Holy Spirit doesn't humiliate. He just doesn't do it. He doesn't humiliate people in any way. In, in other words, whether that's speaking in a way to humiliate a person or there have been times that in meetings where actions taken place with people behaving certain ways supposedly are uh, manifestations of God. It's not, and it's degrading. Um, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but several years ago, there was a, a sweeping across the globe and especially... Um, across the United States, Western, the Western world, I should say, um, 
everything from people um, making animal sounds and walk and walking on all fours, roaring like lions and and braying like donkeys and I'm serious and elephants, the whole nine yard. Um, it's and and people were like they thought that was the Holy Spirit, and and I'm I may talk about that in a second even more, but um, to um, uh, humiliating people because they won't do a certain thing I was in a meeting where the individual said, "When I walk past your row, uh, everybody in your row will fall down." And he just walked, and I'm not going to name the person, but as he walked by, everybody just fell down. And I remember I was standing there, this first, my first time seeing the guy, and I'm thinking, okay, whatever, well, we'll see what happens. Everybody fell down, and I just stood there and looked at him. And, and I wasn't being rebellious, but I wasn't going to be tricked into putting in my mind that somehow I was going to fall over and I thought, because if God's going to knock me down, he's going to have to knock me down. And I stood there, and he called me out in front of everybody and said, you're in rebellion to God. I wasn't in rebellion to God. He was a liar. He was a charlatan. And later on, it came out that he was. But he, he humiliated me in front of, and you know what? It didn't bother me. I'm just that white kind of person. I'm like... I really wanted to get out in the middle of the aisle where he was and see if I'd knock him down, you know, but that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have been the Holy Spirit either, you know. That would have been, you know, said that, you know, I want that apostolic ministry. I want to lay hands on him, you know. <laughs> but uh, that wouldn't have been right either. Um, but uh, the Holy Spirit's not going to do things to humiliate people. He's just not going to do it. Um, uh, the next word is flippant. And, and, and what, what I mean by that is, uh, well, I mean, I mean exactly what it says, but that doesn't, you know, we can jest with one another. But there are people, I've seen people that their everyday attitude about everything is in this manner. That's not God. You know, the seriousness of our world and the condition of people and they're dying and going to hell without Jesus is serious. And we can't have a flippant attitude uh, um, about everything. Um, the next one's rude, you know. Um, but it's, it's easy to be rude. It doesn't take a spiritual, it takes a spiritual gift not to be. And, um, uh, but the Holy Spirit's never going to be rude. He's just not going to act that way. He's not going to say things that way, shameful. Um, the Holy Spirit delivers us from shame. He's not going to be shameful. He's not going to cause a person to act in a way. Or if I see a person who's filled with shame, I know that's not the Spirit of God in them. That's the spirit of the enemy that's working in them, and he wants to deliver them from it. I'm just saying these are characteristics. He's not, yeah, yeah, he's not going to. I mean, 
if, if anything, he wants to set us free from the things that have shamed us. Um, the next word is vulgar. I mean, um, you know, I used to hear that word a lot growing up as a kid in the Catholic church, in a Catholic school. <laughs> you know, the nuns would tell us, that's vulgar, that's vulgar. And, and I was always told it was vulgar. I never knew what vulgar meant, but they never told us. They, they, they just, you know, get the yardstick. We're going to slap you 500 times and knock that vulgarity out of you. I wish somebody had just told me what it was. I'd have quit doing it, you know. And, um, but they used it all the time. But, you know, I hear Christians um, use language that is vulgar. That is just crude. It's it's just it's raw. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be in the, coming out of the mouth of a of a person who calls themselves Christian. They shouldn't be vulgar in the way that they behave. They shouldn't be vulgar in the way that they dress. They shouldn't be vulgar in any suggestive acts. And um, people don't think anything about that. Um, there was also. Uh, 10 years or more so ago, and it's still going on, but not as much as, as before. But there were those who were going around to churches and they were holding huge meetings and they were telling people how to get drunk on the Holy Ghost or how to, how to you know, how to, uh, they would say, we're gonna take a toke on the Holy Ghost. Like they're smoking pot, but we're gonna take a toke on the Holy Ghost. And they acted in a, in a vulgar and indecent way. Um, and and uh, unfortunately, I wish, if YouTube was going to take down stuff, I wish they'd take all that junk down, but it's still out there. And, they, and, and people were, pastors were bringing these people in and allowing their people to participate in this kind of, this is not the, 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 uh, Holy Spirit. In fact, on the day of Pentecost, when they stood up and they were speaking in other languages, they said, these people are drunk. And what did Peter say? He said, these people are not drunk as you presume they are. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. He says, this is that which was spoken of the prophet Joel. And he began to unfold the scripture. But the idea that, hey, we're all going to get together and get drunk on the Holy Ghost. The meetings were advertised that way. In fact, the Holy Spirit says that the act of the flesh, the fruit of the, the flesh is, is drunkenness. So why would we think acting like we're drunk is a, is, a, is a sign of God? The very thing that he came to deliver us from, now we're going to act like that and just say, well, it's just Holy Ghost drunkenness. It's a different thing. It's just he's not going to cause us to act indecent. Right? Any, anything that's indecent. Um, and and that, that could cover a lot of things. Uh, insensitive. Um, look, we've all said or done something at one time where we were not sensitive to someone, you know, and we offended somebody. I'm not talking about that. This, I'm talking about the fact people who are just they act constantly in a way insensitive to anybody else's feelings. They don't care. Um, it's like the world revolves around them. That's what I'm talking about. Um, 
I even put the word stupid up there um, because you can act stupid. And again, there's, there's one thing about jesting and having fun together, whatever, but, but, but the Holy Spirit calls us to grow up and mature. He doesn't call us to act like a child and be childish. And um, I put the word silly um, in, in the word. I looked it up just to, I was just kind of curious. And it was interesting, a couple of the words that went with it was immature and frivolous. So the Holy Spirit doesn't want us to act in an immature way. He doesn't want us to act frivolously. Um, again, jesting among ourselves, um, laughing. Um, it, he doesn't want us all going around like pious monks. But we're talking about people who are... They're just immature. They're just frivolous. They're not serious about anything at any time. And then the last one is degraded. And you said, well, you already said degrading, but there's actually a double meaning there. Uh, degrading is humiliating. Degraded is dishonored or tainted. And um, uh, it carries a kind of a double-edged meaning there. And so he doesn't want us to... Um, anything that's tainted is not Holy Spirit. And um, I remember several years ago, Sergio Scataglini from Argentina was in Lafayette preaching at a church. And uh, I was just so impressed with his walk. I went, I remember I went and got his... I think he may have more than one book, but I bought his book that he had out years and years ago. And it was on holiness and purity. And there was an, an application that came to mind. Uh, and when he spoke, he, I can't remember the, the example he gave, but I remember God gave me an example. And so that next Sunday, I was talking about holiness and purity. And um, at that time, it still may be out there, I don't know. But at that time, right out here by the church, um, a little ways, there was a little bit of a washout um, culvert. And there would be, always be a little bit of water in there and stuff like that. And so I went out there, and there actually happened to be some little polywogs in there, you know, some little things flirting around in the water. And so I went and, and got some of that water and put it in a clear container. And I put it up here on the, on the I, was, I had it on a table. And um, it, it was a hot day. I remember everybody was talking about how hot it was and everything else, but anyway. Uh, so I reached into a cooler and I pulled out a bottle of water. And you could see it was cold water, it was chilled. You know, the water was dripping off of it. You know, I said, how many of you would like to have this right now? And everybody raised their hands, you know. And so I said, oh, okay. And so I unscrewed the top, and it, you could tell I hadn't opened it yet. I unlocked it. And I took that water from that thing, and I took an eyedropper, and I took one drop of that water and dropped it in the water and then shook it up. I said, who would like to have it? Nobody wanted it. And I tried to sell it, man. I, I was like 
Come on, it's one little drop out of 16.9 ounces of pure spring water. This is one eyedropper. It's not going to kill you. Who wants it? Nobody wanted it. And that was my point. I said, we say, God, I'm holy. God, I'm pure. I'm everything. And God looks at us and goes, I see drip, 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 drip. <laughs> and, and you're okay with that. I said, but you're not okay with this. So then I took, well, like a Brita filter. And I said, okay, here we do. So I took the water and, of the bottle and I poured it through the filter of that pitcher, you know. And I waited till it went all the way through. And then I got a glass, a brand new clean glass that was clear and crystal clean. And I poured that water that had gone through that five-stage filter, whatever. I said, who wants the water now? Nobody wanted it, even though it had gone through the filter. And I said, that's the thing. That's the point. The Holy Spirit is holy. And, and we, we want to go drip, 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 shake it up. Oh, it's still good. You know, God, God knows. And we, th- we say things like, God knows my heart. It reminds me, yeah, he really does know our heart, you know. And, um, you know, Jesus said of these religious leaders, he said, their heart is far from me. Their lips say the right thing, but their heart's far from me. And uh, I I think of Arthur Blessed in the early part of the Jesus movement. Arthur Blessed used to carry a wooden cross. He would drag it from one coast to the next coast, north, south, east, west. Then he went overseas. He'd carry a full-size cross. And he had some, a little wheel on the end of it. But you'd see him on the interstate, and he'd be walking, carrying a full-size cross. And uh, he wrote a book. And I think it's the only book he ever wrote. It's called Bless Your Dirty Little Heart. And I said, that's kind of the mentality of the Western church. God bless my dirty little heart. And God's going, I didn't come that you can live with your dirty little heart. In fact, in the message translation of Luke 3, 16, 17, when they're asking John the Baptist, are you the promised one? Are you the Messiah? He said, I'm not worthy to untie his shoes. If you read it in the message translation, it says this. He says, he's come with Holy Ghost and fire. And everything that does not belong, he will put out in the trash and burn it. And it says, for he has come to rearrange the house. It's a pretty cool picture when you think about it. Okay, we've all probably seen those pictures or stories or whatever of hoarders that carry, they got all that stuff and whatever, and they come to clean it out, and they got to haul stuff out and haul stuff out and haul stuff out and and he said, that's what the job of the Holy Spirit is. He's come to clean house. He's come to put things in order. And he's not interested in your version of holiness and purity. And um, uh, so in the Christian life, holiness is not an option. It's just not an option. Now, most Christians seem to think about holiness as if it's something like when you buy a car... And they have add-ons, like you can have leather instead of vinyl seats or cloth. 
or you can have, you know, heated leather seats, you know, or you can have um, a surround sound, you know, like it's, it's an add-on kind of thing. Um, but, but holiness is not an add-on. It is an essential part of our salvation. And I'm going to close with these couple of scriptures, but I want to show you this and, and see if you can understand what I'm trying to say by this. Because we can become legalistic in that we go, okay, the outward thing that we do shows that we're holy on the inside. Well, the Bible says that God doesn't look on the outward. He looks on the inside, okay? So we can't judge people from the outside, but we can inspect fruit. The Bible says that a good tree will give good fruit, and a bad tree gives bad fruit. We're not here to judge necessarily, but we are. We can't see that. But in Hebrews 12, 14, look what it says. It says, pursue peace with all people and holiness, comma, without which no man will see God. What is he referring to? He's not talking about peace with all people. He's talking about holiness. And I remember the years ago when I heard David Wilkerson say, he said, there, he said people think that being baptized in the Holy Ghost and being, speaking in tongues or whatever is, 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 is the thing. He said, my Bible tells me without holiness, no man will see God. He said, I know a lot of wicked people who speak in tongues. That's what he said. And I was shocked by that statement. But then I, it, it kind of had to sit for a while. And, and he said, because a lot of people think that, that that's proof positive. They, in other words, that's why the scripture says that we're to stop from time to time and take inventory to see whether or not we're still in the faith. He says, he tells us, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He tells us all these things. And so what salvation do we have that does not bring us to see the Lord? It's a, it's a life without holiness. That's what he says. And uh, we have a, in the Western world, we have a different mindset. It's as if I can get saved and be born again, and then I want to go on and be holy I can do it, but it's like an option. If I want to, I can. If I don't want to, I don't have to. And, and, and our, our salvation depends on holiness. And that's the dangerous part because people will say, no, it's by grace that we're saved. And I agree. It's not by works. I didn't say works. And, but we're talking about holiness. And holiness I wrote this down this afternoon because this is, this is what came to mind. That to me, holiness is not about being perfect because there's not one of us here that's perfect. There's only one who's ever been perfect, and that's Jesus Christ. But holiness is an attitude of the heart and the mind and spirit. It's living with that understanding that we're called to a higher calling. We're called to a life of holiness, a life of wholesomeness, if I can put it that way. Um, 
And holiness comes only from the Holy Spirit. We can't be holy without the Holy Spirit. Because what, what does the Holy Spirit do? What did Jesus say? One of the main things he will do is he will convict the world of its sin. Well, uh, a pastor called me the other day. He said, you're not going to believe this. He said, I was in a church the other day. He said, and the pastor said that, that um, Jesus paid for all of our sins, past, present, and future. So if you've asked God to forgive you of your sins one time, you never, ever have to ask God again because they're already forgiven in Christ. I said, that teaching's been around years longer than I've been alive. It just resurfaces every so often. They put a different cover on it. I said, but they're, not, they're skipping scripture. Because what does 1 John tell us? If we have sinned, we have an advocate with the Father and that we can go to him and he will forgive us of our sin. And what does it say? And cleanse us. And the word cleanse means purge us of all unrighteousness. Well, if, if, if I don't have to do it but one time, then what's First John talking about? What's John talking about in his letter? He, he don't know what he's talking about, Right. And so it is this idea of living with this attitude of heart and mind and spirit that we are to be holy. And so, again, it's uh, exhibiting behavior that is unholy, acting in a way. Um, there's no passage in the scripture that I know of where the Holy Spirit causes us to act in in, in an alternate way than who he is, okay? Ex example again, uh, you remember I told you there were peop people going around that, you know, they were pretending they were elephants and, and, and braying like donkeys and barking like dogs. And I mean, it was stupid. I said, I said the only place in the Bible that you see, when you stop and think about it, is... Um, with Balaam's donkey, but he spoke like a man. And the only one who acted like an animal was Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel, because, and that was God's judgment against him. You know, so I'm like, that's not the characteristic or character of the Holy Spirit. In Revelation 4, you see these four creatures around the throne, three of them are symbols of like an animal you have a lion and a calf and the eagle but none of them are expressing anything like an animal they're speaking in perfect language and worship to god because that's the character and nature of who god is we were created we're the highest order of all the things that god created we are the highest order of that and we were created to exercise authority over the animal kingdom. How, did, how, did, how does us acting like an animal make us over that? It's just, it's just contrary to the Holy Spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit always comes to uplift. He comes to bless. He comes to uh, raise us up from where we are or where we were. He doesn't come to put us back into that mess. Um, and I close with this, Matthew twelve thirty three. It says, either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad for a tree is known by its fruit. And, and so um, 
you can judge anything that's going on by the characteristic of it. Would Holy Spirit do this? Would he be like this? Would he be involved in anything like that? And if a person has been involved, then they need to repent. And if leadership allowed that to, 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 be, to take place, they need to openly repent. Uh, there was a statement I came across some time back that said this, the confession must be as wide as the transgression. And um, in other words, the point was that if leaders have allowed this to go on, um, just the other day, I'm not going to go into detail on it the other day, um, uh, a major ministry was put in the spotlight because of the actions of the leader. And it's having a cascading effect all over the world. And um, but the actions are not the actions of the way the Holy Spirit would act. He's not involved in immorality. He's not involved in manipulation. He's not involved in any of those things. And um, let me let me tell you this little parable, and we'll we'll stop. I heard this many years ago by Derek Prince. Uh, most of you may not probably even know who Derek Prince was. He was one of the early teachers in the early charismatic move. He was raised in holiness Pentecostal. Um, he was from overseas, if I remember right, from England. But um, in the early part of the charismatic move, he was one of the more grounded teachers. I don't agree with 99% of what he taught, I, I agree with and um, but he talked about knowing the Holy Spirit, and he gave he he, gave, he told a parable, and I'm going to read it to you uh, the way he told. I heard him tell it. Okay, and remember now, this is only a parable. Okay, in other words, it's an example story for us to learn by. Okay, and in this parable, his wife represented the Holy Spirit. And he represented, like, the Father, God, okay? And, and, and he, he stressed that, like, five times. I'm not God, and my wife's not Holy Spirit. And, but anyway, he said, in a parable, he said, a friend come, came, to, came to me, he says, and he says, I saw you and your wife together on the platform the other evening, and she looked so beautiful, so fresh, so full of the Spirit, and he responded to the man, thank you, that's really how she is. A little while later, that same man comes to the Bible teacher, came to Derek, and he says, yesterday I saw your wife in a bar with a man drinking. And Derek replied, that was not my wife. My wife is a pure and godly woman. She does not go to bars. She does not drink with strangers. My wife was here with me all day yesterday. Don't speak that way about my wife. And he said a little while later, that same person came back again and said, 
you're wrong. I know because I saw your wife yesterday sunbathing topless on the beach. He said, about that time, he said, he bowed up. He got angry. And he said to the man, he said, my wife was nowhere near the beach yesterday, and she would never expose herself like that. And if you want to remain my friend, I wouldn't have used that phrase. I would have just said, if you want to live, get out of my face, you know. But he said, if you want to remain my friend, you've got to come to the place where you don't identify my wife as a loose, immoral woman because that's an insult to her and it's an insult to me. And then he went on and said, if you want to remain my friend, you need to repent for your lies and you better change the way you speak about my wife. And of course, the, the whole application was simply this, that um, if you want to remain fr a friend of God, then you cannot afford to identify the Holy Spirit as something or someone who is loose, immoral, repulsive, or unholy. We need to grow up and recognize that the Holy Spirit is God and he's holy. That is his character. That is his name. And he's not going to act any other way. Amen. Father, we just thank you tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Holy Spirit. I'm so grateful that you, you sent him to us. And that he, he is alive and living in us. I'm so thankful that I don't have to go to a building somewhere to find him or to talk to him. Father, he's with us every step of every moment of every day. And he convicts, he encourages, he lifts up, he blesses, he shows us the path to take, he shows us the path not to take, he corrects us when we've done something wrong. He corrects us when we've spoken in an incorrect way. And then when, if we're sensitive and listen, then we repent quickly. He forgives. And then he continues his work in maturing us into individuals that bring glory and honor to your name. So, Father, I pray, let your Holy Spirit continue his work to grow us into men and women of God. That we would not blaspheme the Holy One. We would not speak lightly or amiss about sacred things. We wouldn't be flippant about them. We wouldn't misrepresent the very character of the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit is holy and he is God. Not something to be used. Not something to manipulate. He is the person of the Godhead. And he is holy. Holy, 
holy. The four living creatures around the throne, they cry day and night, holy, holy, holy is the Lord who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy. Because there's an ever discovering of the holiness and the depth of who you are. So I just pray tonight, Father, that you would help us be aware, become more aware of the Holy One who lives inside of us and that we would be more representative of who he is in the earth. And we would hear him and not dismiss him. And we would respond quickly when he encourages to step out in faith, when he encourages and tells us we need to repent, all of those things. Let us learn his characteristics, his nature, his very being, so that we will know him in these days and be a representation of his work in our lives that people may see it and Jesus get the glory for it. And we pray for that in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. How many of you want to be Holy Spirit-filled, directed, and guided individuals? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, we prayed earlier for your needs, and so I just bless you in Jesus' name. God bless you. Let God's favor rest upon you. His blessings are right before you. Father, I just pray that as they walk out of here, let the favor, your favor rest on them and those that they come in contact with. They would be used greatly for your name's sake and your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.